We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Mike's on. He's ready to go. On the fan. New York Sports Radio. Mike's on. Mike's on. On this uh, Wednesday evening, welcome to The Fan, and obviously the story that keeps uh, percolating uh, deals with the uh, sign-stealing scandal and what that means uh, for all parties. Now we know what's going on with the Red Sox as they now look for a new manager, uh, and we await baseball's decision on uh, Cora. But really, it's what's going on with Carlos Beltran, and you got people calling for his dismissal. Here's the one thing people are missing. Whether or not Beltran was the architect of the sign stealing, involved in it, built it with other players, whatever he did, he was not in a position of authority in Houston. They could have shut it down. All they had to do as a general manager, owner, or manager is say, hey, we're not dealing with this. Put it away, Beltran. Knock it off. It's over with. He is not in a position of authority. He did not run the franchise. He did not run the team. He was not a coach. He was a player. No player is going to ever be implicated or punished for using information that is garnered by the team in terms of signs. It's been going on in baseball for 70 years. It is not going to happen. Beltran was a player. Now, Unless in this whole thing, and that's why the Mets have stayed silent, unless in this whole thing something comes forward that shows that Beltran had some greater role and in some way did something where he has to be punished. If that happens, the Mets will have to move. My understanding is, and I have this on good authority, that it was not an issue when the Mets talked to him about managing the team. This sign-stealing thing had not gotten hot yet. It was not an issue. Remember, he was not in a position of authority. When the commissioner hit the Astros, he did not touch Beltran. He mentioned Beltran, who is no longer a player. He mentioned them, but he didn't do anything against Beltran. He didn't in any way sanction Beltran. Beltran was not in a position of authority. And then Beltran became an assistant to the Yankees while Cora went to the Red Sox. So wait a second. Beltran was with the Yankees last year. Why didn't the Yankees talk to him about what happened in 2017, if it was so important? They, they were making claims in 17. Why didn't they sit Beltran down that he was an employee and ask him what was going on in 18? So the bottom line is he wasn't with Cora anymore. Now, he might have been an architect of this. It sounds like he was. But unless baseball is going to come forward, and that would mean some other player coming up with some more information that is damning to Beltran. If that happens, Beltran's out. If it doesn't, I don't think this is going to be an issue. Now you want to tell me Beltran, when he was first asked about it, 
lied to the media? Well, you know what? A million guys have lied to the media about a million things. That could get them criticized. Big deal. That will blow over. The bottom line, though, is the Mets hired a manager. It was not an issue for them. He, they were dealing with a guy who just left the Astros and went to work for the Yankees. Why was it okay he worked for the Yankees in 18? And then came, and the Yankees almost hired him as manager. So all of a sudden now the Mets have to jettison him? Nonsense. Unless there's more to the story. Now, when this all clears and we have everything done and the Mets can call up the commissioner and say, are you done? And they say, we're done. Nothing else is going to happen to anybody else. Then it's going to be time for the Mets to speak about the sign stealing. That goes for owner. That goes for Brody. That goes for Beltran. Beltran's going to have to see how far he wants to go in saying what his role was in this whole thing. But that, then to me, he's got a clean slate as far as being the manager of the Mets. That's it. Beltran has not been sanctioned and he shouldn't be sanctioned because he was a player. And there is no player who is not going to take that information and use it. Now, again, was he a mastermind? Sounds like he was, but again, all the manager had to do was tell him to shut it down. All the general manager had to do was tell him to shut it down, and then they shut it down. He is not in a position where he can mandate that the team is going to use that system to steal signs. He's not in a position of authority with the Astros. Therefore, he's not culpable. Now, maybe you want to put this stigma on Beltran. Go ahead, and maybe you're upset that he lied to the media. Really, stand all the guys in line from every coach who's lied to the media a million times, every owner who's lied to the media a million times, every player who has lied to the media a million times, okay? Let's get real here. That's not the real world, okay? He's not going to get fired because he lied to the media. And my understanding, and I have this on good authority, is that it was not an issue when they hired him as manager. Now, Does that mean they haven't had conversations about it? I'm sure they have. But unless he is going to get hit, and that's why the Mets have stayed quiet, unless he is going to get hit by baseball, and if he does, the Mets have to go shop for a new manager. Unless that happens, and I don't think it will, because he wasn't with Corner in Boston, and he wasn't hit originally on anything that happened. You knew the players weren't getting punished, nor should they be punished. And I agree with what Bobby Valentine said. This should have been shut down by baseball many, many years ago. Remember, there were accusations about electronic espionage used in stealing signs in baseball all the way back to 1951. It was in a book about the Giants and the Dodgers. As we all know, I interviewed Ralph Branker about it. We kind of... Dismissed it because, hey, how big a deal is it? It's still sign stealing. And again, baseball has not for one second tried, nor should they, tried to say how big a factor it is in whether a team wins and loses. And for the Yankees to act sanctimonious here, I don't care if it's Teixeira, CC Sabathia, did the Yankees want to give back the home runs that were hit by players that won games in the postseason who were on steroids? Or the games that were pitched by pitchers who were on steroids? Of course not. They want that dismissed. Okay? We know that happened. We know for a fact that happened. The Yankees had more steroid guys than anybody. So the bottom line is you can't act holier than now when your own house isn't in order. 
So let's get past that. Unless there's more to this Beltran story, I think maybe he got a little dirty here. Let's see how he does as manager of the Mets, and I don't think the manager the Mets have to change managers. Now, how Beltran's going to deal with the New York media could be in some ways a rough go for him based on the fact that he already lied about this story. That's up to him. He can come as clean as he wants. He can get as difficult as he wants. Let's see. He's got to deal with the media on a daily basis. It's part of being a manager in New York. But remember, the most important requisite for success for a manager or a coach in New York in dealing with the fans and the media is winning. If you win, you can get away with a lot. If you lose, you can get away with very, very little. As far as who becomes the Red Sox manager, you're hearing all kinds of fan favorites and everything else. I can't see it being somebody on Cora's staff. It doesn't make any sense. The staff's tainted. I can't get somebody who's on the staff. How about an ex-player? Are they tainted too? So who knows who gets the job? It's obviously a coveted job, but they're going to go through. It looks like a rebuilding phase here now. And I think you have the Astros reeling a little bit from what happened. The Red Sox reeling a lot by a lot of things. What it does is it opens up for the Yankees to be a very heavy favorite, which they've already been installed as because of the Cole signing. But now an even bigger favorite because the teams that they had to deal with at the top in the American League part have been lessened. There's no question. But before Yankee fans get sanctimonious, go back through your history and think about Whitey Ford doctoring baseballs and think about what went on with Jeffrey Mayer. I didn't hear anybody, you know what, I didn't hear anybody wanted to give back that game. Or the games where Yankee stars homered who were steroid users or got big outs who were steroid users on their way to titles. Okay. If we're going to deal with this, we'll deal with that also. So let's just call it a pass and move on. Win your championships on the field. It sounds like stupid and really obnoxious whining to be trying to take back titles that you already lost. Okay? Nobody does that. You lost it fair and square. Whether or not they had an edge, like we said, up in Foxborough, their victories may have been tainted a little bit. They've never been invalidated back after this. Sad to see Luke Keekley call it a career, but you know what? I think you're going to see more players, prominent players, at a young age, call it a career. We've seen it happen a couple of times, the most notable, of course, being Luck in Indianapolis, but his injuries were so rare and so severe that I think he did the right thing as a very bright young man from a guy who made a good amount of money and I understand it cut short what would have been a storied career. But still, he made his mark on the NFL. He showed everybody he could play in the NFL. And he made plenty of money, over $100 million in his time in the NFL. He needs to be healthy. Keekley was a wonderful player. He was the foundation player for the Carolina Panthers. But he suffered an un- in really a large number of severe concussions in playing the position the way he did. He was as fierce a hitting and as tough a linebacker as you've seen uh, as the leader of that Carolina defense. Had at least three major and as many as two or three other incidents, but at least three major concussions in his time. 
And when you play to the age of 28 and play in college and then play as he did in the NFL, you are going to basically sustain so many hits to the head that the idea that you won't be suffering from some form of an issue with your brain in the years to come is probably very small. He's 28 years old. He's made his mark on the NFL. Why stay and take a risk that he doesn't have problems with dementia or problems with the side issues of CTE-induced injuries in his early 50s or even in his late 40s. Maybe that'll stay away now until his late 60s or hopefully even into his late 70s. Maybe he'll have a rich, full life out of this, and maybe he doesn't even have any problems at all. We see the players who do. We see the players that don't. But he's given a lot to the game. He was a player that played with a reckless abandon. He played tough. He played smart. Wonderful player, Luke Kikili. Okay? A player that you could have a great deal of respect for. And I respect his decision to walk away at 28. And I think in the years to come, you will see players, especially players who mix it up the way Luke Kikili did, say, you know what? I've had enough at this point of his career. Football is a violent game. It's, a, it's not a contact sport. It's a high collision sport. Incredibly gifted athletes in the prime of their lives, honed to a razor's edge. Strong, big, quick, colliding, play after play. Now, the sport has been cut down a lot. They don't hit during the week much. They don't hit during training camp much. They have made it as safe as they can. They've taken away a lot of the stuff that went on that have caused sustained head injuries. So they have made advancements in this area, in, in this area, no question. But I still think you're going to see more players say goodbye like Keekley did at the age of 28. Listen, he didn't play two years in the NFL. The average player, you know how long he plays in the NFL? 2.8 years. The guys who stay around are the good ones. The guys who stay around are the guys who are very talented. They're the decade players. They're the 15-year players. Keekley played eight years in the NFL at a very, very high level. That's a long time. And when you play the position he played and play with the reckless abandon that he played with, well, you know what? Eight years is a very, very long time. And... I say to him, get out while the getting is still good. Hopefully it is. Hopefully he hasn't sustained the kind of damage that's going to come back and haunt him in his early mid-years. He's 28 years old. He'd like to have 50 good years. I hope he's blessed with that and not 10 or 15. But he was a terrific player to watch, and he gave a lot to the sport. I know a lot of people are happy to see that uh, Paul Tagliabue especially was named uh, as a Hall of Famer. Um, he was kind of the commissioner that resided in the shadows of the legendary Pete Rozelle. He may not have looked for the limelight. 
he wasn't a media darling. He was a basketball player of some renown who was a lawyer first and then obviously a leader and a commissioner. But he did a lot of things for this league that have been kind of bypassed and swept under the rug because he was there in the beginning when everything started to turn when it came to the injuries and dealing with that factor. You know what? Football, for a lot of years, into the, into the years and the tenure of this commissioner, took a lot of time to change. They did a lot of discrediting of good information. They were not quick to make these moves. But look, luckily, and fortunately for the players, they have lived and learned. But when you look at the balance and you go back over his tenure, he made some very, very significant and very underrated contributions to the sport. So the fact that he was recognized here is, is a distinct positive. And you know what? I think rightly so. And I know the people who really worked alongside him, and I know a couple of them very well, thought very highly about him as a person and about his contributions. And now those haven't gone unnoticed. So congratulations to the commissioner. I know it means a lot to his family. So uh, congratulations uh, to Tagler Blue on getting into the Hall of Fame. You know, you don't realize until you watch these guys go through it. Years later, the Hall of Fame has an incredible impact on players, on coaches, on anybody who's ever been in the game. Because what happens is they're out of the game before they get this one final accolade. And in the years out of the game, and they step away from it, and there's no longer interviews, and there's no longer applause, and there's no longer the daily grind, and you know, the things that, you know, fame, and all the things that go with their daily ritual. When they step away from that, and they've had those years, and now they come up for the Hall of Fame, I can't tell you how surprised I've been that people who never cared if they won Coach of the Year or what people thought of them. They just thought about doing their job and winning games or playing and doing their best. But years later, how touched they are. And, and to a man, guys that I've never seen be sentimental, crying over getting into the Hall of Fame, moved, genuinely moved. And I've seen them, when they first don't get in, be moved to bitter disappointment when they don't get in. Players coaches, people that I thought would never even care if they got in or not. But when they're out for a while and they become the fabric of the league and they become the history of the league, they want to be remembered. And that step into that Hall of Fame where only 1% of the people who ever are a part of that league on any level go, 1%. When you make the Hall of Fame, you become part of the history of the league. No one can ever take that away. So that's why no one ever, ever is not thrilled, overwhelmed when they get into the Hall of Fame. And you saw it 
this week I happened to be watching when Bill Cower got his announcement and how overcome he was, how Jimmy Johnson, a guy you would never think of being overwhelmed, was overwhelmed when it was announced this past week he got into the Hall of Fame. And I've seen it now time and again, players being so upset to anger when they didn't get in, bitterly disappointed, saying they were never going to look again, they were never going to pay attention again, and then thrilled the next year when they rushed to the phone and were told they were in the Hall of Fame. So you can't in any way understand how much that means to every person who gets in. And it is that special because, you know, now, long after all of us are gone, you're going to have that piece of history. You're going to be in that place where there's only a couple of people, only the guys who made that big a difference in the game. And that's why. Every year when you watch that unfold on Super Bowl week or any time it goes on in any of these sports, you see how overcome and how genuinely moved players are or executives are or coaches are by now being told that you were one of the special ones. You were one of the greats. You're now part of the, in this case, the National Football League Hall of Fame. Now you're part of the league's history. You've now been woven completely into the fabric. And I know that no matter who it is, it means a, a great deal. And it is a very special day. The real last, because remember, you've been out for a while now. It's that last moment, that last sports moment that you're going to have. So it's a final one, but also it is probably the most joyous one and the most meaningful one that any of these people ever have, whether they're Super Bowl heroes, Super Bowl MVPs, league MVPs, legendary coaches, commissioners, whatever. It means a lot to be in the Hall of Fame. We'll see you tomorrow. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.